Utah skiers and riders, and welcome to Last Chair, the Ski Utah podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, and that is Utah's Pixie and the Party Grass Boys in the background. Let's give a big Ski Utah shout out to our sponsor, High West, Utah's first legal distillery since 1870. High West is passionate about crafting delicious and distinctive whiskeys and helping people appreciate whiskey all in the context of our home right here in the American West. When you're in town, visit one of High West's locations in Park City and nearby Wanship. And welcome back to episode sponsor, Uinta Recreation. Planning a ski trip to Utah? Think about adding a snowmobile adventure for a day off the slopes. Check it out at uintarecreation.com. That's Uinta Recreation, better service, better equipment, and a better experience. And a welcome to the University of Utah Health Ortho Injury Clinic, an important stop for your bumps and bruises. Today on Last Chair, we have a truly heartwarming story. As skiers and riders, we probably take our sport a little bit for granted, throwing our gear bags in the car and grabbing passes and heading to the mountain. It's a little more complex for the Forsyth family from Salt Lake City, but the smiles and the joy are very much the same thanks to Wasatch Adaptive Sports at Snowbird. Today we're going to meet six-year-old Ruby, and as the wind hits her face sliding down the slope, her smile and her laughter are very much what all of us would experience. Her eyes are bright as she soaks in the scene from the chairlift. As Mother Melody will explain, the Forsyth family wasn't all that engaged in the outdoors. But when Melody was pregnant with Ruby, she learned that her soon-to-be-born daughter had Down syndrome. Thinking that it would forever impact their family's activities, they became more active, going on hikes and visiting national parks. And when Ruby was born, they just kept going. And so did Ruby. It really is a heartwarming story, not just because of the joy that Ruby experiences skiing, but because of how it changed an entire family. And what really helped to make this possible was Wasatch Adaptive Sports at Snowbird. In this episode, we're going to first talk with program director Eileen May West, who will take us inside this innovative program that has been serving mountain enthusiasts at Snowbird since 1977. With Eileen, we'll learn that Ruby is just one of many Down syndrome boys and girls who have fallen in love with skiing. And then we'll join Ruby as she heads out on a ski adventure with her Wasatch Adaptive Sports Guide, Catherine, as Mother Melody walks us through the joyful story of how Ruby has transformed their family. Let's head to Snowbird now for what I know you'll find to be an insightful episode of Last Chair with Melody and Ruby. So I love these on-location podcasts, and we're at Snowbird today, and we're going to head out in a little bit for a ski lesson with Wasatch Adaptive, and we have a great program for you today. Ruby is a young girl from Salt Lake City with Down syndrome. She's been part of the Wasatch Adaptive program here at Snowbird for a few years and just really has a blast out there skiing. And Eileen, you're the program director, and thank you so much for joining us on Last Chair. I'm excited to be here. So first of all, before we get into the details of what we're going to see out there with Ruby today, just give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you got into this role at Wasatch Adaptive. Sure. It wasn't a straight path, but I've been with Wasatch now for five years. And I started as an instructor six years ago and stepped into more of a management leadership role 
soon after that. I've been working in adaptive sports for about 10 years, starting out on the East Coast. And give folks a little bit of an idea of what Wasatch Adaptive does. And by the way, it's tucked away in a little corner over here at Creekside. And I think a lot of us come to Snowbird every day and we're up in the mountain and we're having a good time and don't know about this program. But but it's been around here for a long time. We're looking at about 45 years. 1977 is when the program started. And how did it start? Our founder, Peter Mandler, who still teaches for us, he's still around and a great part of our program. He was a ski instructor here at Snowbird and had a passion for bringing kids skiing and into the outdoors who wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity. So he pitched the idea to Junior and Jerry here at the ski school, and they were all for it. Dick Bass was super supportive, and to this day, we couldn't do what we do without Snowbird support. Now, I think a lot of us, uh, when we think about adaptive programs, and I'm very familiar living in Park City with the National Ability Center and other programs somewhat similar to what you do here at Snowbird, but we think of maybe some stereotypical things of helping people understand how to use a monoski or how to use outriggers, but you really cover a wide gamut of youth and adults that you introduce to skiing and snowboarding. Absolutely. Our youngest student since I've been here was two and our oldest was 98. (laughs) And yeah, we serve anyone with an adaptive need. So a lot of times that is physical mobility requiring adaptive equipment, but a lot of times it's, you know, someone with Down syndrome or autism who just needs some specialized instruction or a big bag of tricks from their instructor to have them find success in skiing. So Ruby, who we're going to ski with today, has Down syndrome, and we're going to ski with her mother, Melody. Melody is a actually a writer for Ski Utah and has, has told the story of, of her daughter. How unusual is it to have someone with Down syndrome learning how to ski or snowboard? In our world, not unusual at all. We have a lot of students with Down syndrome and people, you know, of all abilities, ages, and really scenarios that we teach to ski, and Ruby is, is one of our family here, and we're happy to have her. You know, I know there's not one one solution fits all, but what are some of the techniques or tools that you have in your toolkit to help someone like Ruby to enjoy the sport as we would? I think the number one tool any instructor, especially adaptive, can have is fun and being able to know your student. So getting to know Ruby, what she likes, whether it's frozen or whatever characters are fun things that motivate her. And at the end of the day, just making sure whatever she did, whether it was straight gliding down the magic carpet, that she wants to come back and do more. And over time, it might take longer, but we can really usually get anyone there. When someone comes to your program, is there an evaluation process initially to figure out what's the best way to introduce them to the sport? Yeah, I would say it's a a conversation and a get-to-know-you that's disguised as that. (laughs) We set up our registration process to make sure everyone has to call us before they can get out and ski so we can get to know them, what their goals and expectations are, and then what they might be dealing with, whether physically or cognitively or or even just anxiety-wise, to make sure that when they get here, our instructor knows a little bit of background but then is able to make the best decisions relative to instructing or terrain or equipment. So for someone with Down syndrome, someone like Ruby, what's the feedback mechanism from the student back to the instructor? Sometimes it's laughs and giggles. Sometimes it's screams and cries. (laughs) Hopefully more on the laugh side. Yeah, usually we end up there. And then a lot of times parents are involved, just like Melody is, especially with kids. You know, no one knows that kid better than their parent does. And so we definitely lean on them to help us you know, give us tips, 
that they've already figured out <laughs> over six and seven years. But at the end of the day, the biggest feedback is smiling. And if we're moving away from smiling, we go back to where we can find it. For many of us who take it second nature to just be up on the mountain and not being challenged uh, by abilities other than maybe occasionally going down a double black diamond that we maybe shouldn't have done, but here there are more challenges. I would imagine that the satisfaction level for accomplishment is really high in, in your students. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we see as a major part of our job is just breaking down all the barriers that exist even before they get here. <laughs> so cost is a big one. Over 80% of our students participate on scholarship. We try and make sure, you know, how much does it cost is never a gatekeeper question <laughs> for someone to get up here. And then from there, it just goes to accessibility of our office. Parking, we have designated parking, which makes a huge difference. And then just making sure once they're on the hill that they feel really supported and safe with our program. Your program has been around for 45 years, and you mentioned that you have the ability to scholarship students. How do you raise money? In, by all different means, but we are hugely supported by individual donors, companies, corporations that are connected to our mission, you know, feel like it's a great thing to contribute to. We also run a few events during the year that contribute, one being the Steve Young Ski Classic that happened just last week, actually. And then we also do a lot of grant writing. We have a great development team that targets different grants and corporations that are able to contribute as well. You had mentioned you started your career as an instructor. Now you're the program director. Just kind of wearing the instructor's hat, what's the satisfaction that the instructors get out of introducing people with challenges to the sport? It's so high. <laughs> there are so many great moments of really getting to see a student, you know, do something that they never thought they could do, which is really exciting. And, and it's challenging. Every single lesson, never mind day, <laughs> is completely different. You never know what you're going to get. And we always say our instructors are the most adaptive things <laughs> about our program and their ability to just bounce from one person to the next and discipline to the next and communication style. It keeps you on your toes. It can be exhausting, but the reward at the end of the day is really, really high. How do you recruit instructors? Word of mouth, mostly. Are you looking for special skills or just a passion for engaging in this? Yeah, I think, you know, we're always looking for people that have hard skills, obviously, that can teach skiing, can teach snowboarding, or, or we do cycling in the summer as well. But more importantly are, like I said, someone who's adaptable, who loves a challenge, who's really willing to put in the thought to find success for someone else. There's a huge selfless component <laughs> about it. But I think those those soft skills of motivation and really craving challenge, but also loving to see the best in other people are things you can't teach once they get here. So if we can find it when we hire them, that's great. So we're at Creekside now. Where are we going to head with Ruby today? So Ruby will be getting her skis and heading up to Chickadee, Chickadee Bowl and Chickadee Lift to get on the snow. One last thing, uh, you've been involved with this for a number of years now, and you know, as you think to this, what does it mean to you in your heart to be involved in a program like this at Wasatch Sports and provide opportunities for young uh, skiers like Ruby to feel the same joy that all of us feel when we get up on the mountain? Well, I think you said it right there. It's, it's the joy we all feel on the mountain. I think everyone on our staff and our you know, within our organization feels that joy. It's added so much to my life and really everyone should have the opportunity to access that. And that's really the biggest piece of meaning for me is every single person should be able to enjoy why people live in Utah. <laughs>
it's just you look out on the mountain, it's a beautiful day. There's fresh snow out there, and so anxious to get out there. Eileen May West, Program Director here at Wasatch Adaptive Sports. Thanks so much for joining us on Last Year. Let's get out on the hill. Thanks to Eileen for the introduction to Wasatch Adaptive Sports. We'll head out to the mountain shortly to meet Ruby and her mother, Melody. Before we do, I want to set you up for a little bit of fun. Are you heading to Utah this spring or next winter? While booking your five-star ski vacation, let's talk about that five-star snowmobile experience for your day or two off the slopes. On a Uinta Recreation Snowmobile Adventure, you're not limited to ski lifts. You can experience the Wasatch Range or the High Uintas from a completely different perspective. Uinta Recreation offers world-class snowmobiling with both guided and self-guided tours. And if you're looking for a bit more adventure, Uinta Recreation offers a true backcountry tour that combines both trail and off-trail riding to suit your experience and skill. It's a truly personalized adventure. Uinta Recreation in Heber City is just 20 minutes from Park City, an hour from Salt Lake. Check it out on your next adventure out here in Utah. You can find out more at uintarecreation.com. Uinta Recreation, better service, better equipment, and a better experience. Thank you very much for that uh, great introduction to Wasatch Adaptive Sports. We are here at Snowbird today. It is a beautiful day. Fresh snow has fallen over the last 24 hours. You can see it up in the trees. There's beautiful clouds hanging over the mountain right now. Now, for those of you extreme folks, we are not going up the tram today. We are not dropping into Mineral Basin or down into the Gad Chutes. We are here today on Chickadee. That's right, we're at Chickadee, the beginner's run at the bottom of Snowbird where uh, lots of careers in skiing actually begin. It's so much fun to watch the kids out here today. As we record this episode today, it is March 21st, 321-22, and that is National Down Syndrome Day. And we're gonna talk about Down Syndrome today, and really more than that, not so much Down Syndrome, but just talk about a transformation that a family has had in the sport of skiing. And with me today, uh, Melody Forsyth. And Melody, thank you so much for joining us here today at Snowbird. Oh, thanks so much for having us. We're excited to, to share. So as we sit here at the bottom of Chickadee, we're looking up the hill and Catherine from Wasatch Adaptive Sports is working with Ruby. And here we are, Ruby is six years old, Down syndrome, and she's out here skiing at Snowbird today. Yeah, she's been doing awesome. This is her second season with Wasatch Adaptive and she's been doing just awesome and blossoming into a little skier. So I want to hear a little bit about your family story, but first of all, let's go back in time before Ruby was born six years ago. You weren't a skier yourself. Oh no, I was not a skier. My husband tried a couple times and I'm like, not for me. So I was like, have a good day by yourself. But yeah, I was not a skier. Didn't do a whole lot of, you know, an occasional hike every year or so, but not really very an outdoor type family. But you were living here in Utah, right? Yeah, we lived here in Utah. So you had a family already and uh, Ruby came along and you found out before she was born that she had Down syndrome. First of all, tell us a little bit about Down syndrome, what it is and how it impacts those who, who have it. So Down syndrome is a chromosome. It's just difference. And they have a third copy on the 21st chromosome, which typically you only have two. So it's an extra chromosome. We call it the special one. It's what makes her extra special because that extra chromosome, but with it, it does usually affect all the body systems in some way. 
And so there are some, you know, medical and cognitive differences in their development. And she, when, you know, we found out just because I didn't know anybody with Down syndrome, our perception was that we wouldn't be able to do anything as a family. Like I thought we were going to be stuck at home all the time and that the Down syndrome would prevent us from, like I said, doing anything fun or going anywhere that we would be, you know, stuck at home with a, you know, a child that had a disability. And so it was kind of a, that's how we originally thought. And obviously, you know, everything, all that has changed for us. It's fascinating for me. I mean, I studied a little bit and we've talked a few times and I've become familiar with Ruby, but it really did change, not just for Ruby, but it changed for your whole family. Yeah, it did. It changed our whole outlook on life. It changed our whole lifestyle. It changed the way we live, the way we, you know, plan family activities, the way we spend time as a family, like all those, it's just completely, it's a total mind shift for us. We'll get back to skiing in just a minute, but I know that you also have a goal as a family of visiting all of the national parks here in Utah, which is quite a few. Yeah, like I said, we've hit the ones in, in Utah. We're trying to do the, all of them in the whole U.S. And uh, currently we're at we're at 30. So we've hit 30 since Ruby's been born of all the national parks. That is really amazing. Now, what is Ruby's level of understanding and how do you communicate with her? So, I mean, everyone with Down syndrome is different. So, like I said, you know, somebody once said, you know, if you know somebody with Down syndrome, you know one person with Down syndrome because it's there's just a wide difference in their abilities. Ruby is still nonverbal at this time, meaning she makes noises, she can make sounds. She has a, a couple of words. Luckily, one of her words is mom, so she will say mom, but really doesn't, can't communicate any other way she, except through a communication device that she will use. She can point to pictures. As a family, we kind of just, you know, know what she wants, you know, she'll go get it, but she can't actually, you know, communicate. But she understands because we, you know, tested it out. Like she understands we talk to her just like we would talk to any other six-year-old because she really does understand and grasp a lot of what we're saying. So she started skiing, I think, when she was five years old, right? Yes. What prompted you to get her into skiing? You don't have a family history in it. What was it that really triggered, hey, we should take Ruby skiing? Well, I just saw like that there were programs that they, like Wasatch Adaptive for people with disabilities. And we'd already like started doing other activities where we were surprised of her, what she was able to do. So it was kind of like, well why stop there? Let's try this out. And just because we'd heard really good things from other people that had been involved or had been teachers here or been involved with the program at one point in their life. And they're like, it's such an amazing program. And they just really get the kids and they work with them so well that it was like, well, let's give it a try and let's see how she does. So you just called him up and said, hey, can I bring my daughter up? Yeah. I said, hey, what do we need to do to get her you know, lessons or try it out? And they sent me all the stuff and been scheduling it. and then season same thing we just called them up and like hey we're ready to schedule ruby and they're like okay it's great cool let's go back to that very first lesson she's five years old you're up here probably on chickadee never been on snow like this what was that experience like for her i was shocked because i was like i don't think this is going to go well because i just didn't know like how well she would i was worried about the cold i was worried about like her balance about being able to stand on the skis or anything like that but she just proved me like we just they just kind of like set her along and she just goes along, goes with the flow. And it was like, all right, no big deal. We're looking out at Ruby right now and she's taking a break from her lesson. And uh, Ruby, it looks like you're having fun today. I think that's a yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a snack? Yes, yeah, so that's what she. 
She's pointing at a snack. Yeah, it's the universal symbol for a snack. Yes. So, uh, Melody's just getting a, she knows. Uh, some snacks out of the bag here. She knows that mom has snacks in the bag for her. She is having her. a great time out here on Chickadee. Wasatch Adaptive Sports, as Eileen told us earlier, has been around since 1977, providing opportunities for skiers and snowboarders of all kinds out here at, at Snowbird. It's a, it's a great program. Ruby's just taking a little snack break here. It's a nice day here at Snowbird today. I'd actually might want to get up there and make a few turns later. Just one. You only need one off. There, you can eat. There you go. Just eat. <laughs> like her hair's all in her face. You're fine. I know. Yeah. Well, just eat then. You don't need the other one off. You got it. There you go. <laughs> so going back to that first experience, when you got home that night, did, did she communicate in any way about the experience she had? I mean, could you see somehow that, yeah, this was really something she wanted to do again? Well, I won't say like when we got home, but I just her her face, like her demeanor, she was just like when she was on the ski, she was just like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing today. She was just very go with the flow and like, okay. And, you know, we just came back again. And I mean, she says no to everything. When we ask her, hey, do you want to do this? And she shakes her head no. But we just kind of, you know, push her anyways. Like, well, we're going to do it anyways. She's like, well, she likes it. Because she'll get back up and, you know, she goes through the motions. And she liked, you know, getting the boots on. She thought those were fun. And then she's like, well, she wanted her own goggles. And because she could see that, you know, that they were in the display case. And that was very attractive to her. And so like that, just having the gear on and stuff, I was just like, okay, well, she's enjoying this. Because she's just like going along with it. Because usually if she doesn't like something, like, she'll fight it. And she doesn't fight it. She's you know, lifts up her foot to put her boots on and steps in it and, you know. Now, she's only six years old. I mean, do you think that it's the thrill of the rush of the wind on your face, this speed going down the hill, and this kind of different motion that you just don't feel anywhere else? Yeah, I think she likes that. But she really, I, she really does come alive when she's outside. Like, I just see she's just, she's happy. She enjoys being, enjoys the fresh air, enjoys trying different things because I think I guess she, she doesn't know like to ha be fearful of certain so she just goes with it and it's just fun to watch her. That's why kids actually yeah. are, are probably better at this and getting started than we were as adults. I didn't actually learn until I was 18 years old but tell me a little bit about the Wasatch Adaptive Sports Program and how they interrelate with Ruby here at Snowbird. All of her instructors have been really great because they're just they always ask questions kind of like, you know, where she's at. Is communicator abilities really well? You know, I know for sometimes, like for some children, they're like, well, we don't like to push them. And, and I, and I, it's like, I kind of know like she needs to be pushed a little bit. And I know where there's that good, it's a good pushing of just like, she just, you know, just make her do it because she'll do it. And that when she's really fighting, I know when it's like, okay, now we need to back off. So it's not a bad experience for her, but really every single time, like she's had a good time every single time she's ever come up here and just happy and once I see her like let her go I, like last time was the first time she was on the chairlift and her instructor even said that she was like she said when she got up there she was like wow I mean she can say that word so I was like okay well she really knows what that means so she thinks this is pretty cool of being on a chairlift you know and going up here so it is pretty cool she's just taking a little break with a cookie right now let's talk about other activities you you have become a very active family what are some of the other things that Ruby's been able to do so we're always looking for other things that we don't have to carry her because <laughs> it's a little hard now. She's about 50 pounds, so it's hard carrying her on my back like I used to. So we've really been like 
kayaking. We've done paddle boarding. I mean, obviously swimming, you know, we've started taking her swimming more. We've gone bicycling a couple of times, but when we've gone several times is canyoneering, like rappelling. She loves that. We have a really good instructor that we always will go with as a family because he works with people with disabilities and he's confident and not afraid and just, you know, lets her go and, or, or will just strap her to the, his rope and she's just dangling there and, <laughs> and she's just smiling, smiling, having fun. So she, yeah, she just loves all the, you know, we're like, well, let's try this, I guess. Like, oh, ice skating. That's something that she's, she's really enjoys that when we get the ice skates on her, she knows, and she has a good time as a family. That's something we did a lot this winter. Cool. Melody, let's talk a little bit about you. You are a mother of Four. Four now. Mm -hmm. Four now. Uh, you work late shifts as a nurse. Yes. How do you balance all of it and still have that big smile on your face? Oh, <laughs> I don't know that I balance it all so well, but I just, it makes me happy too. Like, you know, getting out into the outdoors because of her, like changed my life, changed my, it gave me a purpose. It gave me, I don't know, something to do. It's what helped me find my own passion in life. And that was, that's something huge, you know, when you're 40 and you still kind of are trying to figure out who you are and then you know, you start getting to the outdoors and doing those things, you realize this is what I really enjoy doing. This is what I'm all about. And because it like restores my soul and helps me like as a mother and as a wife and as an individual, like that's what, you know, kind of pushes me to continue doing those things because we just feel great doing it. It's an amazing state that we live in with Utah because we have that diversity of activities, be it going down to the desert and rappelling into a slot canyon or being up here at Snowbird on the snow. And you, you're now experiencing more of that as a family. Oh yeah. Like we, and we travel all over the state because there's just so many cool things to do as a family that, I mean, you can put in a tons of activity level or even just, you know, fun exploring over you're just letting kids you know hang out just doing whatever they're doing like so many things for families to be able to do and get out there and spend time together that's our bonding that's our activity like what we plan together as a family it help you know brings us together you've been very active in telling ruby's story and the story of your family over the last couple of years what message do you have for other families who may have a child with down syndrome or some of the physical disability what message do you have to them it's a hard lesson for uh, that we had to learn, but like to not let the diagnosis limit them. I mean, no, and like if we're going to ski as a family, it's not going to look the same as everybody else. But we also don't care because we just enjoy being outside and being together. And so we know we have to make some adaptations to what she's able to do. And we always think about that of like whatever activity she has. But we really just want to first spread a message of hope so that it's not this horrible message anymore when, when you, people find out they have a child with Down syndrome, because that's how it was for us, because we didn't know anybody. And so we're hoping, you know, as more people share their children and get them out there that have Down syndrome and showing all the amazing things they're doing, whether it's in the outdoors or, you know, art or, you know, sewing or all these other activities that they are able to do, like just by showing their capabilities, like it's just changing the face of Down syndrome. And that's what we're just hoping to do, that it's not it will be something that's embraced and appreciated and cherished instead of, you know, being a diagnosis that has just such a negative connotation with it. I usually close off our last chair podcast and ask the guests to describe something in just one word. And I'm going to give you a little bit more latitude melody today. But if you think back, what has Ruby really meant to you over these last six years? I mean, she's made me a stronger person and like she has opened the world to me. I guess that, you know, it's just 
she has taught me like to also not put those limits on myself because I also, you know, as a plus size person, I think I still, it's those of like, that's why I didn't ski either because I'm like, fat people don't ski because I did, you know, that was the narrative I told myself. I'm like, that's not for me. You know, and there's lots of other things. I'm like, oh, well, people my size don't do this. And so as I saw her doing it and I'm like, well, I don't want her to grow up, you know, feeling that way or ever thinking, oh, because I have Down syndrome, I can't do this for her to try see if she likes it, see if she can do it. So then because she set that example for me, then I'm like, oh, well, now I, like I said, then yeah, I can't set these limits on myself and I need to push myself as well. And like, well, let's give it a try. Let's see if, see if we like it, see if we don't. So. Well, Melody, I want to thank you for being a voice for Ruby and for, for many, many others the past few years and spreading this message. And thanks for joining us on Last Chair. Oh, thanks so much for having us. Okay, let's get back up on the mountain. We're at Chickadee today at Snowbird. <laughs> How's it Come going on, today, Ruby? Ruby Come huh? on. Let's go. Okay, there you go. Okay, we're going this way. Look, now we're going out. We're going to the chair. You want to grab mine? You want to hold her hand? I can help you. No? Okay. She's pointing up. She's like, what? You put there you go. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to clip her. Yeah. Okay, Ruby. All right, Ruby. After the journey, you're free. Do what you want, girl. There you go. Okay, go get on the chair. <gasps> go get on the chair. Show me how awesome you are. Thanks to Melody and Ruby for sharing their day with us and also to Eileen and guide Catherine from Wasatch Adaptive Sports for providing opportunities like this to skiers like Ruby. If you want to learn more about Wasatch Adaptive Sports, just go to its website at wasatchadaptivesports.org or you can link through on the Last Chair podcast page at skiutah.com. Before we go, a quick word about a topic we all try to avoid. Ski and snowboard injuries. Okay, I don't mean to jinx anyone, but occasionally we do get hurt or maybe just need some evaluation on an old injury. So today I want to give a shout out to the University of Utah Health Ortho Injury Clinic. When you have an orthopedic injury of any kind, I want to personally suggest that you see an orthopedic specialist right away and visit the experts at the University of Utah Health Ortho Injury Clinic. You can get same-day appointments with low wait times and easy office visit co-pays. The U of U Health Ortho Injury Clinic is ready to help you, and I can personally vouch for the great staff there that will give you very personal attention. The University of Utah Health Ortho Injury Clinic. Check it out at healthcare.utah.edu. The Ski Utah Last Chair podcast is brought to you by High West Distillery. Follow our whiskey adventure on all social media platforms at Drink High West. And remember, sip responsibly. High West Whiskey, 46% alcohol by volume. High West Distillery in Park City, Utah. I hope you've been enjoying Last Chair this season. Did you check out the recent episode on the transformation of Sundance with Bill Jensen? or the recently posted story about SOS Outreach and its efforts to get the Latinx community up on the mountain in Utah. You can find all of the past episodes on any podcast platform, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you like The Last Chair podcast, share it with a friend and leave us a review. And make sure to subscribe to get every episode delivered direct to you. 
Thanks for joining us on Last Chair. We'll be back soon with one last episode before we wrap up the season. To close this out, as usual, let's welcome back our friends Pixie and the Partygrass Boys. I'm Tom Kelly for Last Chair, presented by High West. Have fun. It is a great day to ski. Oh, I love to ski. I'm living in Utah. I'm living in Utah.